0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we are in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 reads, The Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men." But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer a word. And the disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them. So that the crowd wondered. When they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I'm unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven and a few small fish. And they directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples. And his disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. Those who ate were four thousand men, besides women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went into the region of Maganon. For today's Nugget of Truth, we're going to focus in on here on this faith of this Canaanite woman because it's got a lot of different layers of the story, specifically what we see in this chapter that are involved in her little story that we have here. And so, as we think about what's happening here, he's withdrawing to this new place. Uh, this woman who is not a Jewish woman comes up to him and is pleading for him to do what he is doing for these other people to her family. And so, as he comes into that place, he, he uses this phrase, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as we look at the significance of that, it's really drawing back to Jeremiah chapter 56. And in that passage, what we see is that the nation of Israel in Jeremiah's day had been led astray by its leaders. It had been led from serving and following God to following after these other things. And so what we really start to see is that Jesus, his mission was to restore the faith in the Lord God of Israel and call to repentance his people uh, within just the nation of Israel. And so as he's coming back with that, that's his primary focus. But this woman is not of that uh, lineage. She's not of that ethnicity, but yet she still has the same need that these other people have and have displayed. And so she says, how can you not give this to us? Then we have this extended word picture about uh, feeding our children versus feeding dogs. And so it's funny, um, Is somebody who has two kids, if uh, I hand any food to the kids at the table, especially right now with Ada, uh, a lot of it's going to end up on the floor. And so we have two dogs. We have Samson and Puka. Uh Samson's an older husky. And so Samson is very selective in the t- stuff that he's going to eat that comes off of the table. Um, but Puka will eat anything that hits the ground. And so she is just pouncing on these things. And it used to be that she sat next to Rory, now she's moved over to Ada because she realizes that the scraps that she's going to get from the table uh, are going to be more frequent there and she's going to possibly get some pretty tasty things that she doesn't usually get. And so as we kind of work through this image and what they have there, he's saying, Jesus is saying, hey, I don't give these choice." ...delicacies to dogs, or to these who are unclean. Dogs were seen as an unclean animal, and she, as a Gentile woman, uh, would have been considered an unclean person from the nation of Israel. And so she says, but even what you do give to your children... Sometimes it ends up on the ground and the dogs can come and eat it up. And so he is uh, not really, I wouldn't say blown away because he obviously is omnipotent and uh, all-knowing. He knows what's going on here. Uh, And so he works through and says, hey, I understand your response displays this deep measure of faith that you have. And so it's in these instances that we see that Jesus is expanding his mission to those who are outside of the nation of Israel. But we can't forget that what he principally came to do was came to God's people to point them back to God, to fulfill the scriptures that had already been displayed to God's people uh, about what God was trying to do. And eventually that blessing, if we go back to Genesis 12, that blessing would be for all people that was promised to Abraham from his descendants. And so it wasn't just going to be this limited group. But at this point, he's focusing on that. We're going to start to see that that expands and it continually expands, especially when we get to the book of Acts. We're going to see that this message that was brought to this nation, God's people, was given to all. But for this point, it is focused upon him calling out these leaders. And specifically in the context of this passage, obviously what he's talking about uh, with uh, the the nation of Israel and the blind way that they've been led astray by their leaders, uh, he's just called out in the previous 20 verses as he talks about the fact that they're so focused on these rituals and traditions that they're missing the fact that they're not getting to the heart issue or where the true sin of these people is lying. And so instead, they want to do their little things that make them feel like that they're good. They want to do these uh, religious observances. They want to work through just these meaningless rituals when it comes down to their true spiritual state instead of focusing on uh, the heart issue of what's going on. And so Jesus calls them out on that, but yet says, hey, you know, this is what I was here to do. I'm here to call them to repentance. I'm here to call them back. That's my primary focus right now. And so as she comes, and wants to experience that, she's not the main focus, but still does benefit from God extending grace to those. It does start to show us that uh, it's going to extend, it's going to extend beyond the nation of Israel, especially if we're just maybe reading this for the first time. So it's kind of hard to put yourself back into a situation if you've grown up in the church to say, hey, how is this story unfolding? What's taking place? But if you're reading this for the first time and you've read through the Old Testament and you're here in Matthew and you're starting to see, hey, how does God? deal with these outsiders. You've seen glimpses. We've talked about them in the genealogy where God is extending his blessing to these people around him. But for the most part, the really, the story has been about God's people. Here in Matthew, it's really still focusing on God's people and what's taking place with them. But we're going to see that expanded. We're going to see that there. And so as we think about that today, there's a couple of big things that we can take away, hopefully, from this, that by the grace of God, all of us have been given this opportunity to follow, to benefit from what Jesus was doing in this time and continues to do in the story uh, as that unfolds. The second part is the importance of understanding are the leaders in our lives, people who are truly leading us and pointing us to God. So it's something that I say to you is uh, something that you know. hopefully you do to keep your leaders accountable. If you hear things that they're saying that aren't lining up with God's word, uh, that you're willing to call them out or at least willing to go before them and and ask questions, seek to gain understanding, uh, seek some clarity, seek those different things that can be provided through uh, different conversations. And so when you do that, you're helping hold them accountable to what God is doing because they're standing before you and others and leading them. And hopefully if they are leading in the way that God has led, when you go into those conversations, they're able to provide some clarity or maybe point things out at a different angle that you maybe haven't looked at. But hopefully you're still focused on the truth and allowing people to pursue that. If not, and in those conversations, you find out that it's not really focused on the hard issues. It's not really focused on what God's word is saying. Then it's important that you don't continue to follow those types of people. And so that is what brought the nation of Israel to this point. We see as we look through the Old Testament, we can see how this leadership of the nation continued to spiral down worse and worse and worse. And uh, that was unfortunate for those people. But the true victims there were those who were still trying to trust in their leaders, thinking that they were put there by God and thinking that they were put there for uh, leading his people and thinking that they were doing the right thing as they were leading the people. And so those victims of that often received the judgment of God, received just the different plagues the different enemies, exiles, all of these different things took place because of the failure of the leadership. And so it's important for us to understand that our leaders aren't perfect. Uh, They're not always gonna get everything right. We're sinful and human people as well. Um, We struggle through that, but it's important for us to focus on the fact of, are the leaders doing what God is calling them to do? Much of what was taking place in the Old Testament as the leadership spiraled out of control could have been corrected if people understood the scriptures, understood what God was saying, and were willing to confront them for that. So hopefully today, as we think about that, that encourages us to be going back to God's word when we hear things, that we're uh, focused on understanding, seeking, learning uh, what God's word is saying, applying that to our lives, listening and Filtering what's coming into us by other sources so that we can be focused upon uh, obedience and maturation in our walk with the Lord. And so, some other things that we look at this passage, one of the big common questions that comes out of this is Hey, Jesus feeds the 4,000 here. Is that really the same? is what he did when he fed the 5,000. There are some similarities in the passages, but there are some marked differences. Uh, When you start to look at the specific words used for the baskets even, uh, it's different Greek words that would have been used showing that it was a different style or type of basket that's being used. And so this is specifically two different events. It is not the same thing that just took place in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, But historically there have been people who have criticized saying, hey, they can't even get this right. He wrote about this in this one part and then he writes about this the other way. Uh, Matthew includes both of these. Some of the other Gospels don't include all of them, and so that's why there's been some question about that. We can also jump forward to Matthew chapter 16, where it talks about both of these miracles in the same context. Verse 9 talks about the five loaves and the 5,000. Verse 10 talks about the seven loaves and the 4,000. So obviously for Matthew, this is two separate miracles. So hopefully that answers your question, if you did have that question. If you have another question, hopefully you're looking for that. You're finding ways that you can answer that question. You're finding people that can help you answer that question or other resources so that we're learning God's word together. Hopefully you're connecting with other people, speaking about what you're learning, how this is encouraging, supporting, uh, and building you up in your faith as you seek to live in obedience to God each day. And so know as you go today, you are loved. i